<laughs> You're missing out on... Well, I think he has to, because he has Alonzo. Logan Sargent, my boy. I don't want to say Dark Horse. He picks it. F1 Podcast. Everybody and welcome to the Apex F1 podcast midweek news edition. Not a lot of news this week. It's been pretty pretty boring. Josh, what do you think? There is some exciting stuff for us this week. We got our Patreon uh, completed. That's up and running. The yes. Discord community is yes. ready to roll. We got some our full new intro song that's going to be being brought out we definitely got that teaser that's been put out on our socials like it's it's an exciting time for us so i mean it's not like that dull yeah it's it's definitely exciting for us you know we've got we've got lots of new content coming out in the next few few months loads more special guests that are going to be coming on if you're listening to this and you're not a discord member you need to be a discord member You're missing out on very good quality conversations with us in in this community. We have a lot of cool stuff that we're talking about in there. You know, if you're a part of the Discord community, you get the inside scoop before everybody else does. And, you know, you get to kind of interact with us a little bit, kind of ask us questions, kind of get to know us a little bit. It's not just us, it's everybody else. Why don't we talk about the Discord and Patreon a little bit more? So we've got three tiers. We've got the Track Marshals. You know, at the $5 a month option, which basically gives you access to the patron only Discord channels. You know, you get to have more one on one talks with us and the community that are subscribed. Uh, plus, you get ad free episodes. You know, we, we do advertisements to help support and, and try to sponsor the podcast for us, which kind of helps us on our end. But it also helps us bring you guys things that you might like. And plus, we have the shout out pool. Every time, you know, we get new new patrons, we're going to go ahead and shout out your name. Upper tiers, you know, we've got the pit lane tier, which is uh, basically the pit crew. Uh, you get live Q&A discussions with us, you know, and plus we all get to have a monthly hangout session. You know, you get access to unreleased and unfiltered content, everything and then some, which is everything that was described earlier. But you also get exclusive access to when we record the podcast. So you get to join our listening parties. You get to join uh, the Q&A sessions with our special guests. And you you might even have an opportunity to share or like ask a question to our guests. All in all, we're trying to create and build a community. And you helping us by supporting us um, helps us bring you better content. But yeah, you know, we've been we've been waiting for that next uh, race week to come come through. And we can start having more talk and discussions about, you know, contracts and and things like that as we start getting uh, more closer and closer towards the summer break. So speaking of contracts and negotiations and everything that we were speaking of before, it seems that Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton are going to be undergoing those talks and discussions. Oh boy. Uh, either already underway and haven't talked about it or are going to be going mid-season, going to be going into that. A little bit of my take on it is that obviously... I would think that Mercedes would want to keep Lewis Hamilton, and they absolutely should. But there's this article on SkySports.com. It says Total Wolf has admitted that Lewis Hamilton needs to look, unquote, at joining other teams in the future if Mercedes are unable to provide him with a winning car. One of my maybe like fantasy picks, like if Lewis Hamilton would even think about leaving, 
what if Alonzo and Hamilton reunited for that at AMR? That'd be kind of ridiculous. I know they don't have a very good history with each other, but they are excellent racers. And if they could put their differences aside with how AMR is coming up and being competitive, I think it could be a very, oh, yeah. very good. Absolutely. Slot for and them. you know, I, th- I think, I think that's an actually interesting prediction you might have because, you know, we had just, you know, we had just in did the uh, F1 flashback episode where we we talked about it in the the 2007 right. season where Willem kind of like took us back in time for it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, Toto Toto is worried, and, but I think he I think he has Hamilton's best interest at heart because the two are so close I to each other, so and too. you know they've been together for God. It's it's already been like what ten years, ten or twelve years because he joined yeah, in. I believe so. Uh, I think it was 2011. He joined Mercedes Benz. He definitely has his best Hamilton's best interest at heart. And I do think, however, though, that they probably are going through contract negotiations right now. I think it's just going to be a matter of time of like what we see in here, uh, before the summer break. And I think, you know, God, I mean, they took forever to do his last contract, uh, when he came out of the 2021 season, because a lot of people were not sure like what was going to happen. You know, they said it was going to be, you know, he's going to be on for another, uh, another year. And no, 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 I'm sorry. It was the 2022 season, the 2022 season. He didn't end up signing back on until like, God, it, it was like a week or, or something like that before testing. And, uh, they had to, you know, get everything. Yeah. It was really, really close. And nobody knew what was going on, but uh, they ended up doing a year contract with him. Well, and you also got to think that Lewis Hamilton was what? He's like 38 years old now. And like, I'm not saying he should retire or anything, but 38 is still relatively young. But he's been in it a long time. Right. And if they can't produce a winning team, even though their relationship's great and stuff, it's like you can still leave, but still have a great relationship with your ex-boss or job or however you want to look at it, right? And, yeah, with your previous team. Right. He's got a lot of decisions to make. Everybody's going to like at least want him for a year or two if they can have an open spot, especially if they can be competitive. And if Mercedes can't get their stuff together and get their packages right, it could be looking at Lewis leaving. But I really highly doubt that's going to happen. But it's definitely a so, possibility. So you had said he might potentially it, it could be a potential thing where he goes to Aston Martin. Right. What if what if there's a possibility that he could potentially go back to McLaren? If um, if maybe like Lando Norris doesn't work out with them and he's looking for other places elsewhere, you know, there's there's a possibility that Lando can go Lando can go to Mercedes and Hamilton can go back to McLaren. You know, when he first started, I mean, that's it's a possibility, but I don't think that it would happen. I don't think so either. I mean, okay, so let's look at it as a broad spectrum here. So Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin. Right. Yes. And so then obviously his son Lance Stroll's there. Yes. The only way that Lewis Hamilton is getting to AMR is if Lawrence Stroll kicks out his son, which I'd highly doubt that would ever happen. It could if he sucks. Yeah. He definitely doesn't like suck. No, he's but. he's a really he okay. I wouldn't say really talented dri- racing driver, but he has definitely shown more more pace and more drive this year than i've seen in the past few years with lance 
Well, I think he has to because he has Alonzo alongside of him now. And if Alonzo's like making P3 every race and Lance is yeah, he's got, in mid. He's got something to prove. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got to kick it in gear. And so going back to McLaren, um, I'm not sure. I don't know if Hamilton had any um, like bad ill will towards McLaren when he left mm-hmm. to Mercedes. But I don't think McLaren could put him in a competitive car. Like Mercedes would be way more competitive to, than McLaren, I would think. So if that was, if that was the what teams he had to choose from, I would stay with Mercedes. I, you know, hopefully he does stay with Mercedes because because Mercedes seems to be the biggest pick with him. And yeah, and they I don't want to say like they treat him well, but they've tr- they've treated him really really well um, in all of his seasons that he's been there and. Um, I mean, obviously, barring the uh, Nico Rosberg days in twenty, you know, twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, and then you know the whole uh, Valtteri Bottas debacle, where you know Valtteri didn't want to feel like a number two driver, you know, and he every every right to, but you know, we'll see. We'll have to see how the how this contract. Hopefully, he could stay with Mercedes. Otherwise, it he might be looking at uh, uh he might be looking at Aston Martin or potentially McLaren because we all know he ain't going uh, to Red Bull. No, no, absolutely not. Like I think Aston Martin for is really like a fantasy pick, mm-hmm. more more or less. And you, you could be onto something with a McLaren. Like he definitely has a history with them, so who knows? But it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out and how Toto handles everything. I mean, like you said, they have a great relationship, so they could probably work something out. We, we just got to see. Yeah, basically, we just got to see how it plays out and hope for the best. Why don't we just go ahead and uh, take a quick break here? So don't go anywhere. All right, everybody, we're back from our break. And uh, why don't we go get into our next topic? Well, basically, it's it's Ferrari talking about uh, petitioning for Sainz to get his P4 back instead of P12. So I know you guys may, may or may not have heard about this before we went into our little break. OK, it's not really little. It's long, but still. Uh, basically, Ferrari were bringing the uh, right to appeal or right to review to the FIA so that way they can take a look at the the penalty that was given to signs for absolutely careening Fernando Alonso off of the track. We all have kind of seen and talked about it a little bit, you know, on various uh, forms of social media and other news outlets, but I think we should kind of talk about it a little bit more in a more broad spectrum. Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz were both trying to essentially take the same line. It also appeared that Fernando was defending from signs. It it also was more or less that signs kind of came in on the line. They they viewed it as a penalty. Now we all have debated, you know, oh, we're probably not going to give him a penalty because how can the penalty exist if it's a lap that doesn't exist anymore? I I sort of agree with that. You know, why should why should they give him a penalty on a lap that doesn't exist? Because they basically nulled it, even though we all know it happened. It's a it's a difficult situation. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Yes, no, I agree. It's difficult because it's it's hard to there's it's such a gray area. They are petitioning for it, and I really hope that Carlos gets his penalty removed because it's it's completely ludicrous that he he got that. But probably just a few cars behind, you have Logan Sargent, my boy, um, accident <laughs> accidentally ramming into the back of DeVries, knocking both him and DeVries off the track, taking them both out of the race, which that was a penalty that should have been well-deserved, I feel. 
You might argue that they have colder tires. It was the whole one lap kind of deal. You know, they were trying to keep their tires warm and get them all warmed up for that lap. I, I still think he should have been paying attention because when I was watching the camera, it, it appeared that he wasn't paying attention and he just kind of like rammed right into the back of DeVries and then just knocked them both out. Well, it's definitely un- like unfortunate, but obviously if he wasn't paying attention, yeah, he needs to be paying attention. It's just strange. I don't want to say that like the FIA is only paying attention to the front of the race, but it kind of definitely seems that way. Because if you're going to hand a signs a penalty like that, then you have to hand everybody else that did what kind of a deliberate act that signs also did too. Yeah, uh, it it was just such a like a hectic moment that everything happened all at once, and there's so many things, so much to look at. And I'm not defending the FIA by any means because they're definitely a big enough body that they can look at everything not all at once obviously but over a period of time and that's why they have red flags like this and be able to sort things out and have so much time in between all of that and all these camera angles and whatever yeah but it wouldn't have mattered either way if they got a penalty for that because they were both out of the points anyway if you're gonna do it to one person you got to keep it equal between everyone Yeah, it's got to be consistent you know I think that's what we're kind of seeing uh, a lack of, which is consistency. I mean, we're consistent with the front runners. The rest of the grid, it's not consistent. You know, there's people doing things that are in the back of the grid. You're taking a look at the front of the grid because that's what the entertainment value is. We're looking at it in a in a sense of like these people are risking their lives. You know, putting all their all their their beans on the line to make sure that that they can get first place. Now, it should be consistent. From the first place all the way to 20th place, no matter what, which we have seen in times before that they are, but there are tendencies where they tend not to be consistent. So all we need is a little bit of consistency, FIA, everybody. We just need a little bit more consistency on delving out these penalty points and, you know, giving people and drivers reprimands for you know, little things that shouldn't be done. And let them celebrate on the fence. Please. Why? And not only just letting them celebrate on the fence, but let, let drivers be who they are. Let them express themselves how they want. Because that, that was a huge deal in the very beginning of the season where they were basically saying, you know, they're not allowed to do any political or religious statements and stuff like that. You know, don't get me wrong. I understand both sides of the coin with that. I tend to tend to be more on the side of let the drivers be who they want to be and, you know, say what they want to say. But at the end of the day, we're all going racing, but we're all having fun with it. Let's let's dive into Aston Martin before we go into our next topic. You know, Aston Martin has has looked absolutely phenomenal this season so far. I mean, I know we're in three races in, but Fernando Alonso consistently getting third place. We all thought he was going to get his 33rd win in Melbourne. I, I, I know it's coming. I feel it. I feel it in my yeah. bones that he's going to get his, uh, his podium and he's going to get his, his trophy for uh, first place. He's going to take his win of the season. And uh, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to celebrate that. What do you think? For sure. I, he's gonna, definitely going to get a win this season. And who knows? Uh, it could be our next race at Baku. But I, th- I, think, I think he's personally going to get get it within his next three okay um you know we have baku coming up we've got miami we have uh imola right after and i i have a good feeling that he's gonna get it in one of these next three races so hopefully 
by the time, you know, Miami comes around on in May, at the very beginning of May, that he'll have enough pace and enough everything to just get his first win in the season. Do you think he could stay consistent with the podium finishes, like a podium finish for the next three or the next two races and then get that win on the third? I think it's I think it's going to depend on how Mercedes is, because right now we're we're seeing a we're seeing a thing with uh, Red Bull, Mercedes and Aston Martin all fighting for the very top. And I think what's what's going to be key to pay attention to is how Aston Martin does on these these new tracks. But Miami's a new track for Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin. He was racing for Alpine last year, and he did absolutely terrible. He actually finished in 11th place. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious to see how they're going to do in Miami. Um, you know, Baku is going to be a little hard to tell. I think we'll just have to wait and see how they do when we get there in, you know, two and a half weeks time. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, Aston Martin is just such a... I don't want to say dark horse, but it's definitely the unknown, you know, like with Alonzo's skill. And then nobody was expecting them to have a competitive car, at least in the top three, coming from seventh last year in the constructive standings. But just adding his skill set along with mentoring Stroll somehow, or at least making him work a little harder, Aston Martin could be competitive for the rest of the season, all season long. And if Mercedes can't be as competitive as they should be then the door's open behind red bull obviously i think that i think that closes it out for that topic all right so now to get into our final topic of the uh of the podcast episode which is probably one of my favorites because josh i don't know about you but i'm pretty excited about this f1 academy season there i am too like it's something new Obviously, we have our reasons to be excited about it because of this coming weekend. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, foreshadowing the episode that is to come on uh, 417. F1 Academy is the uh, basically the all-female uh, grid lineup uh, with five teams, and there's three people in each team. So there's a total of 15 drivers on the grid. Basically, female athletes that are at the top of their tier and they've come to prove themselves in this all-female category of F1. Uh, or basically, it's form- It's like F4, essentially. And the, re- the reason why I say that is because F1 Academy is basically a feeder series into um, the Formula One teams. And the, the whole point of it is basically to sort of give everybody, mainly females, actually it is only females, a chance to earn and fight their way to the top for an F1 seat. We're going to get into a lot more of this on this weekend's uh, episode when we get into it. Uh, So you're definitely not going to want to miss that episode. That's going to come out next Monday. You know, there's already been two days of testing. You know, today was the last day of testing for um, F1 Academy. So yeah, now we're going to, over the next few days, we're going to take over, take our time, kind of like peer through all the all the results that we've seen uh from everybody you know we've got art we've got mp uh we've got compost racing we've got rod and carlin and we've got prima so all five excellent teams with excellent pedigrees of you know or basically halls of fame all these female talent that's in this gonna be absolutely mind-blowing to see yeah it's gonna be exciting for sure absolutely like 
Um, so basically, the reason why we bring it up uh, here in this episode is because there's also the W series, the all-female series. It was, it's basically sponsored by a bunch of companies that were not affiliated with the FIA. They, they basically provided all the gear, the, you know, the, the, the cars and everything else for the drivers, but they just, they couldn't, they couldn't continue, Josh. They couldn't do it to the, due to financial hardship. It's a little bit harder to be more consistent and have the series continue when you don't have that financial. So that's why the F1 Academy is so important is created like ryan said to help those up and coming uh young female drivers to be able to have an avenue to get into the f1 competition obviously they have to go through all the tiers but f1 academy is where they're bringing them to be able to start and then work their way up yeah and i you know we've we've seen a lot of backlash on like you know f1 twitter and stuff like that and here's my issue with that is that we have we have these new things that are that are coming in for um, female athletes and and their way to be able to get them into a Formula One seat. And there's always got to be people that have to like absolutely tear it down or they have to correct it. It's like, yeah, maybe they didn't say the right things right away, but we don't know that. Maybe that is how it is. You know, uh, I think if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there was uh, the Formula, the F1 Academy posted uh, the feeder series tier list, basically. So they're going to start at F1 Academy, then they're going to work their way into F3, then F2, and then F1. But there was a whole bunch of people, you know, users that were saying, you know, all these different things regarding, you know, like, oh, they got to go through here, they got to jump through all these hoops, and it's like, okay, well, why don't we just take it for face value for what it is and uh, kind of see what happens there? Because, you know, it is it is sanctioned by the FIA. They are not going to have the same financial hardships that, you know, the W series had. And I honestly wish the W series would have kept going and finishing out their 2022 season. But because of those hardships, they had to close out early and they couldn't finish the championship. I mean, this is F1 Academy's first season that's going to be starting at the end of the month. And it's just experienced teams, experienced uh, personnel. Obviously, it's with the FIA. So let's not knock it before we try it and we'll see how it develops and everything. And obviously we'll learn a ton more about it uh, this upcoming weekend and be able to share everything that we've learned and everything that's going to be happening uh, on next Monday. Just to kind of give everybody a sneak pe- preview on uh, what's coming on next Monday is uh, we're going to, we're going to be talking with one of the the drivers from F1 Academy and she's, she's going to be racing for ARTGP. Um, her name is Chloe Grant, and she is going to be, uh, you know, taking a few minutes to kind of like talk with us about a little bit about herself, but also like what she expects to get out of the F1 Academy and just kind of get to know her a little bit more and the inside perspective on basically her journey into F1. And, you know, we're, we are absolutely excited to have her come on the show. So she'll be coming on at the end of the week and the episode will air on Monday. So. One thing I'm going to ask you guys to do is, first of all, join the Discord, because this is where you're going to see and hear all of the updates with us. This is where you're going to be able to submit your questions. There's going to be a channel in there that you could submit your questions to us. So Friday night at midnight is going to be the cutoff. So get all your questions in, you know, that something that you've wanted to ask a potential, you know, up and coming driver. There's going to be a section for that. Josh and I will take a look at all the questions. And you guys will have your your names read out there 
on the podcast, and she's going to answer them for you. Yes, and uh, so we're excited for that. We got Chloe Grant coming. Super excited. Discord community is going to be popping off, being able to interact with her. Uh, Also, you can join the Patreon, be able to be a part of that, and maybe get access to the full live recording instead of having to wait for the, the episode on Monday. You can get it two days early. And then just being able to be a part of the community following on Spotify helps out a ton more than you guys even know. And we both, Ryan and I, have just appreciated the support and everything that you guys have done for us so far. So we just hope that we can bring really great content back to you guys and get you hearing what you want to hear. Sharing, liking, everything helps out immensely. You know, today after we released our our teaser trailer, you know, we had a couple of people reach out to us and they were saying, you know, that they've, they're listening to us, you know, in places like Germany and, and, uh, Argentina. It's crazy. You know, that, that kind of support, you know, even though we're still a growing podcast just kind of means a lot to us. Like, you know, the fact that people in these, in these countries can find us, you know, hopefully we can provide the best formula one news podcast, whatever you want it to be. Uh, all about Formula One podcast for you. And so I hope that um, everybody that listens to us now and in the future, uh, we appreciate you so much. That support means the world to us. While we close out, make sure you join the Discord. Submit your questions to the Discord channel for us. Connect with us on social media. And we can't wait to see you guys at the end of the week. Until next time, see you later.